Today on Oski Talk, we recap what happened in the Illini's victory in the first game of the TBT tournament and preview what's next for the House of Pain. Stay tuned. This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. <laughs> McCourt for the win. In the it's air. Good. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Hatterzone, and the House of Pain got off to a red-hot start in the TBT tournament. Yeah, they brought the pain, right? Um, <laughs> uh, That's a good way to put it there. Yeah, I, you know, this was a great game. Um, Dom was amazing. We thought he was going to be the spark that, that this team needed. Um, he's going to be the, the engine kind of to the team. I think he definitely was the guy that I mean, we talked about him a lot. And I want to credit you, Anthony, for really making a point to bring his name up. Andres Feliz was fantastic too. Yeah. And for me, that's no surprise. You know, he comes off of a senior season in which he lit it up, but flew under the radar behind, you know, the Io DeSumos and the Kofi Coburns. But you know, Feliz, as we've said it a hundred times, was the most consistent player on that team. And he brought it on both ends of the floor. He brought it at the free throw line. He brought it from behind the three-point line, diving on loose balls, getting rebounds. I mean, you look at the team, he's not the biggest guy. And you have Dom with 21 points, 13 rebounds, double-double. Great game for Dom, of course. But right behind him, 20 points for Feliz. And he also grabbed seven rebounds and didn't miss a single free throw and he led the team in minutes. I mean, anything you ask out of that guy, he'll deliver, and I'm so glad he's playing, and Illini fans get to see him more and more. Yeah, I think he's using this as his opportunity to play in a tournament. He's a guy who I think, of all the player seniors, no offense to Kipper Nichols or um, Sampson, anyone else, Tyler Underwood on that team, but I, he's one guy who I really thought deserved to be in the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. He's just, I mean, all year around, he played like that. He played with heart and was always going after balls, going under the rim to get rebounds, driving to the net. You know, he, he was a great, great player. I loved Feliz. So I, that's where I wanted to start the podcast off by just talking a little bit about his game before we get into Mike Dom. Because the fact of the matter is, and I think Feliz also is in this category, but Mike Dom is a NBA prospect. Yeah, without a doubt. And I'm just going to touch on Feliz really quick before we jump into Dom again. I think it was Steven, our guy Steven, who tweeted it. And maybe it was somebody else. But he, this is the tournament that Feliz gets to leave it all on the line for Illini fans. He didn't get that chance. As much as the team was good enough and he played his way into the tournament, obviously the circumstances didn't allow it. But I don't know if you caught this tweet. Um, that Io actually tweeted. He said, man, I wish they would have just postponed the tournament until now because I think we would have had a good as chance as any to bring it home or something like that, yeah, something I think he along said it, those it, lines. Yeah, he said something. I think he said it, it gives me chills or something like that, thinking about it. Yeah, I think it gives yeah, every Illini fan chills. Exactly, 
Yeah, yeah, I think he's exactly right that, you know, Illinois kind of missed out on an opportunity to to really light it up and and turn heads and potentially win, you know, a title in a year where there wasn't a clear favorite. And now Feliz, at least he gets his chance to play in a tournament. Obviously, it's not a March Madness tournament, but it's basketball. And anytime he steps in between the lines, he leaves his heart out there. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I want to bring this up because I think it's an important part of the TBT tournament is that it, it provides opportunities for scouts and, you know, for people to make a name for themselves. Um, scouts to scout and, and for players to, you know, put themselves out there to the public. And we thought Mike Dom, I, I mean, I asked Mike Dom, I asked him, hey, like, are you using this opportunity to maybe field some interest from um, scouts and try to make an NBA appearance? Um, and he said no. You know, he was in it for, of course, you know, he's being a good teammate, um, which, I, I mean, that's that's going to be his role. You know, he's kind of the engine. He's got to be a good teammate. Um He's like, no, I'm, I'm there to win, be with the guys, you know, have a good time. But, the, you know, the reality is it's he's, he's out there basically trying to get an NBA contract. And I think what's nice, too, is, is as much as you pay attention to Dom, you got to pay attention to Feliz. I mean, his 20 points, seven rebounds from your starting point guard. I mean, come on. That's big. Yeah, and the, the efforts there for the entire game. The other thing that I think is really interesting about that is, yeah, this tournament can be a stepping stone into higher levels of basketball, even when it's not the only source of sports on. But right now, with all eyes on the TBT tournament, all the scouts' eyes, all the NBA's eyes, this is the only basketball we've had to watch in months, and it's the only basketball we'll have to watch until the NBA returns. So. I think that makes it an even greater opportunity for guys like Feliz and Dom to to really just get their name out there, get eyes on them, and and impress some scouts. Yeah, absolutely. I think look, Dom Dom was amazing. I we're gonna talk a lot about him on this podcast. I have a feeling. Um, I really don't understand why he isn't in the NBA. To be frank, I mean he is a stretch four that can shoot the three well. Yeah, four out of five. Can grab boards. He does it all. He does a lot. He does a lot for a stretch four. I don't really understand why he doesn't fit in on a bench. Um, I wouldn't say he's a starter, but at least at least in the G League. And, you know, maybe that wasn't his choice. But, you know, we talk about it a little bit, or at least I try to, because I, I, I through talking with guys who play in Europe and, um, Deion Thomas, for example, being one of those guys who's kind of taught me a little bit more about European basketball. I mean, they're playing high level in, in Europe. They're playing high level basketball. So Mike Dom's either going to go back to Europe and continue to play high, high level basketball in Spain, or he's going to get a G League contract or be on a bench in the NBA. I mean, that that's just the fact of the matter. He's that good. Um, and I personally, I hope it's in the NBA. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely well-deserving for him. Uh, before we keep going on Dom and the, and the rest of the Illini, I want to touch quickly on Wark Tampa. Um, I don't think I've thrown in the final score yet. The House of Pain beat Wark Tampa, which is a combination of Auburn and Florida players, 76-53. to 53, And we thought the, the biggest concern was going to be Fletcher McGee, uh, the knockdown three-point shooter. And... He ended up scoring just two points and not knocking down a single three-pointer in three attempts. And if that's the main priority and you shut him down like that, 
you've got a good chance to win. Yeah, that's what they did, and that was a weird. That was weird from him. Really, he played enough minutes where he should. Yeah, I was surprised. It it kind of goes to show you the team chemistry on where Tampa was not there, where it wasn't the house of pain. And we'll get. I want to talk about Michael Tulip for a little bit in this podcast. Um, but yeah, there's so many points to talk about. Yeah, I mean, should we just get right into that? The team chemistry. I mean, more Tampa yeah. had no chemistry. They couldn't shoot as well as the Illini. Illini got ahead, and they really never let up, which wasn't very Illini of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no well, match for the House of Pain this time around. Yeah, I mean, Michael Tulip's basketball acumen and intelligence is amazing. It really is. He's a very smart um, player. I mean, that's why Bruce Weber and John Gross recruited him and John Gross played him is because his acumen, think quick, was amazing. He's a great, great at that part of basketball. He's very smart with the ball, sees the sees players, passes, you know, he sees the court very well. He's coached his team very well. It's very clear that the chemistry on the House of Pain is connecting. They have Dom in the middle of it. Um, Hill was pretty good. We'll talk about Hill a little bit later because I, I have my I still have my game notes. We haven't even got into them of my, my first impressions from this game. But look, Mike Latulip has some serious possibilities of being a coach in the future, and I think just being a walk on and and if you've listened to this podcast, you know the Mike Latulip uh, story. If you haven't, I I highly recommend re listening to that uh, interview we did a month ago, not the latest one. We were just talking a little bit about. Um, what's coming up this week but I mean he is such a smart basketball player clearly has some uh coaching abilities we'll see how they do against Carmen's crew and we'll we'll talk about that even later in the podcast but look Michael Tulip did a fantastic job building this team and coaching it bottom line yeah and and at the end of the day we talked about this being a stepping stone for guys like Feliz or Dom but it could be a stepping stone for Latulip to get a job in a, a major college program or even, you know, as an NBA lower level coach because he's proving that he deserves to be a coach at a high level and he's proving that he can do it. I, I saw somebody suggest that whenever we lose Brad Underwood to a bigger school, Mike Latulip's going to come in and take his spot. I don't necessarily think that's something that we need to be concerned about right now with Underwood leaving, but. What about Underwood there and Latulip as his number two or something like that in, in, in the near future? I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to his podcast as well, you know he, Michael Tulip's a smart guy. He, he's a guy who can talk to players. Um, he's somebody who is can be inspirational. You know, he's had he, he's a hard worker, too, on top of it. if you Like I said, if you know Michael Tulip's story, which I won't go in full, full into it, but, you know, just being a walk-on and, and – you know, believing that, you know, he was one of the best players on the court in any minute, always giving his full effort in, in uh, practice. You know, he made guys better around him, too. I think that's an important part of the Michael Tulip story. So he's a great coach. I'm glad he's coaching House of Pain, I think, in the future, too. This is another thing I want to talk about. so much to talk about after this game. Um, you know, he's going to be able to attract more players to come play for uh, House of Pain as well. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And since we're on the topic of tu- La Tulip, before we get into the, the Carmen's Crew uh, matchup, what did you think of the starting lineup La Tulip decided to go with for the opening game against War Tampa? Yeah, I think it made sense. I think it's pretty clear that, I, th- you know, no again, no offense to these guys, but Black and Finky have not been playing to the level that 
Uh, Malcolm Hill has been playing. Andres Felice has been playing at. Mike Dom's been playing at. Even, even Egwu um, and Garrett. None of those guys, those guys haven't been playing to the level that these guys have been. I mean, Dom's been playing in, in Europe and uh, Hill in Asia, playing high-level ball there. Um, and Felice coming right out of college. You know, Garrett being a former NBA player, those guys have played at a really high level recently. And LeBron Black and Finky haven't, so they're going to have to play catch-up a little bit, and I think that's why he doesn't start in the starting lineup. Um, they got a week now to get a little bit more into it. I think you'll see a couple more minutes from those guys. I mean, Finky played, well, he had 17 minutes, so he had a lot, but Black specifically only played five minutes. I think we'll see a little bit more from them next week against Carmen's crew, but I, I was really I really thought it was a solid lineup, and, and kudos to you, Anthony. You, you predicted it. Yeah, I think uh I think at the end of the day, uh Feliz, Hill, Dom, and Egwu aren't gonna move. Egwu's pretty much the only uh full center we have. Feliz is pretty much the only point guard, and Hill and Dom are gonna be, you know, really good combinations there. I think that the Garrett spot could potentially go to Black or Finky if if they step it up a little bit, but I, I like the lineup as it looks right now. Yeah, I, I, it's solid. They're going to keep on going with it. Um, don't expect a whole lot of changes. Dom's going to be in the starting lineup, of course. Kind of thought, like we said, he might come in as the sixth man but play the most minutes out of anyone on the team, maybe second most minutes. Um, that wasn't the case. They put him right in the starting lineup, and it, it worked beautifully. Yeah, he, he proved that he deserved to be. He scored 21 points on 7 of 13 shooting, 4 of 5 behind the three-point line, and 3 of four at the free throw line. He also grabbed 13 rebounds. Great game for Dom. I think this team's ceiling is as far as Dom can take him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is a good point to kind of talk a little bit about my game notes here. Um, just going down this roster. First, I got to talk about Malcolm Hill because he's my favorite Illini player, maybe of all time. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I you see the thing is I I ain't watched D Brown that much, so I can't really say D Brown, but Malcolm Hill was one of my favorite players for sure. Um, it was an honor to interview him. He has very clearly uh slimmed down. He's definitely uh lost a decent amount of weight, more versatile of a player. I think back in the day he was a guy who can just pound you right to the net and score shoot, jump, you know, shoot from behind the arc and, and, and score. Um, but he wasn't really a dunker. I think that definitely now with, the, you know, the new way that he plays, a little bit slimmer, he, he can dunk now. He's a little bit more versatile. He's probably much quicker as well. Um, so that was really interesting to see. I'm excited to see him kind of step up because I, I can see him and Feliz kind of trading between who scores 20 a night and Dom being the consistent 20. Um but other than that, you know, that was that was pretty cool. I thought, you know, seeing Hill play, that was that was a lot of fun. Egwu with a, a block and uh him playing well. I mean, Egwu's going to give you what what Egwu gives you and that's solid defense. Doesn't give you a whole lot on offense, but um it's worth having him on the floor cuz he grabs rebounds well and and can block. So, you know, his production was what I expected. Um Garrett Jr was in, it was pretty good. Um wasn't the greatest made his free shooting. Throws. Yeah, he made his free throws. He wasn't the greatest shooting, but I'm sure that'll prove. And um, look, this is a nice little team that they've put together. I, I really uh, enjoyed watching the, this team. Yeah, I did too. It was a great game. They ended up winning, like we said, 76 to 53. It was 68 to 49 with 323 left in the fourth when 
Michael Tulip called a timeout to get into the Elam ending portion of the game, which is you add eight to the leading team score, and the first team to get to that score wins. I like it for two reasons, like you mentioned before this podcast. Um, it takes off the ticky-tacky fouls and the length at the end of college basketball, or any basketball game, really. But it also means the game ends on a make, and I like that aspect of it, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's exciting. It's I, I wouldn't be... I don't think it's going to be in the NBA anytime soon or the NCAA, but yeah, it's it's certainly exciting and um, you know it's good to see these rule changes because you know maybe one day, you know we decide that this is what we want to do as we see it be played out more and more. I mean, um, it's the same rule in the um, in the NBA All Star Game, um, so yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll see it a little bit more. I like it as well. I thought it was uh, well played. I thought it was going to be a higher scoring game to be frank. Uh, a little bit closer to what you know the team Himes score was this week, but uh, fifty three to seventy six wasn't too bad. And next on the docket for the House of Pain is the team that won it all last year. Carmen's crew, made up of mostly Ohio State alumni, but like you mentioned, there is a former Illini on that team as well. Illinois is going to play them on the eighth of July, I believe. That's going to be a tough game to win, but. I, I kind of like the chances. Yeah, William Buford and Aaron Kraft, the two guys you're going to hear a lot of, about uh, from Carmen's crew. Um, They're very clearly the two best players. William Buford, um, former Ohio State player from back in the day. Um, I don't know if he actually played with Aaron Kraft. I think they probably played one year or two years together, but he's a um, he's a guy who's spent a lot of time over in Europe um, playing there and, and still playing there. So, um, and another great overseas guy coming there. And then Aaron Kraft, this is his last season. He's going to medical school after this. So um, he's going to be busy being a doctor. So this is his last year, which makes me a little bit nervous about this next game because I know Aaron Kraft is going to probably give it its all. First of all, he loves beating Illinois. Second of all, <laughs> this being his last year, I feel like this always happens to Illinois teams, whether it's the, the Big Ten tournament or Michigan's you know, lost their – uniforms and we got blown out by them and then they go on to I think go to the Big Ten Championship maybe they won it that year I can't even remember but I just remember the disappointment because it always seems to be the other teams that have extra, a little bit extra motivation to win the next game and I hope that's not true in this case but I I'm just would love would love for uh Kraft to get blocked by Egwu that, that would be really something I'd yeah. be looking forward to Kraft is gonna go from diving on loose balls on the basketball court to diving on loose scalpels in, in the doctor's office. There but you go. Definitely going to be a, a guy to watch out for on Carmen's crew. Um, you know, I just remember when we were younger watching him play. I It felt like he was at Ohio State for like 10 years. He was. Just because he was just winning all the time. He was. He was at – it was awful. <laughs> I mean, there's some uh, – you could go back and watch this, but Aaron Kraft had one of my favorite um, – BTN journeys actually it was pretty interesting about um his daily life I can't remember what what it, exactly it was about but I remember really liking it that one and Trey Burks was good um in the same season um but yeah I'm, I'm excited for this one and uh, I think it's a good time to mention too about a couple of other players I mean Dimitri here, here's what I'm thinking now that Carmen's crew might be broken up a little bit with Aaron Kraft's departure Demetri McCamey might have a little extra incentive to switch teams as well 
and potentially join yeah. the House of Pain. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. And, and probably they might get an addition or two from this year's senior class. Maybe a DeMonte Williams joins the squad. And another certain player who recently lost um, yesterday, as you guys are listening to this, Brandon Paul losing in the first round on Team Hines, despite the fact he chose that team instead of playing with the Illini because he thought it was a better chance to win. Uh, <laughs> kind of getting. I love Brandon Paul. He's probably my second favorite Illini player because I watched him. Put him back in orange and blue. <laughs> yeah, it, everyone was clowning him on Twitter for choosing Team Hines. I mean, like I don't blame him. It's a little bit of a business and and. You know, I I love Brandon Paul when he was in the NBA. I always watched him. I thought he was perfect for the Spurs. Didn't work out that way, but I say bring him to House of Pain. Yeah, I'm with you. And obviously this Carmen's Crew game isn't going to be easy. Pat, what is the key to an Illini win? Yeah, Mike Dom's got to light it up again. Uh, Malcolm Hill's going to have to uh, produce a little bit more in this one. Um, if you could get a... Th- Three guys scoring 20 points, those three guys being Feliz, Hill, and Dom, and then get Garrett to score at a little bit, shoot a little bit better than he did in this last game. I think you win it. Um, Aaron Kraft, you're going to have to lock down Aaron Kraft. Um, Buford's going to be tough. William Buford um, is probably one of the best players in TBT. Um, So is Dom, though. So is Dom. Uh, Dom has a real chance to be an NBA player as well. I mean, Buford's time's up. He's not going to be an NBA player. I don't mean it like that. But talk about two of the best players going head-to-head. This is going to be a really fun game. I'm excited for Wednesday. Yeah, the last time Mike Dom played Ohio State, it was with South Dakota State in the 2018 NCAA tournament. They almost upset the Buckeyes. Dom scored 27. So There you go. He's been pretty good against the Buckeyes in the past. They're going to need a game like that out of him for a win. Let's take it into prediction time now, one of our favorite things to do. Pat, take it away. All right. I was too high last time, and I really want to go high again this time because I think Carmen's crew will – it'll be a little bit of a shootout. So I'm going to say Illini 85, Carmen's crew 80. I'm going to go – Illinois, or House of Pain, excuse me, 78, Carmen's Crew, 71, Illin- or House of Pain, I always want to say Illinois, House of Pain gets the win and keeps moving on. There you go. I love to hear it. I hope you're right, Anthony. And Yeah, I hope you're right, too. Either way, it looks like a House of Pain win from both of us. Before we let you all go, want to give our Illini of the week, and we actually didn't talk about this beforehand. I just want to give it to Mike Latulip. Yeah. I like that. That was a good one. I was I was gonna suggest Mike Dom, but um, honorary Illini. Honorary Illini. I think we could give that to him next week. Let's give it to Mike Latulip to uh, for putting together this fantastic team and giving us some uh, at least Illini fans some entertainment um, this summer. Yeah, of course, and we're excited to see them back in action. We'll be here next week to recap it and hopefully preview the following game but that'll do it for us on this edition of oski talk thank you all for listening we'll talk to you all next monday but for now ill i and i